And you know what? We loved Mike. But then the Lord kind of told us to go somewhere else. Now, being that we had gone to another church for 14 years, we were kind of scared to tell him that, you know, we like you, but <laughs> we're going to go somewhere else. So, um, you know, one day in service before we told him, the Lord was like, don't worry about it. You're going to stay friends with him. So at the end of the service, I went and told Mike, I said, look, you know, um, I don't know really how to tell you this. We ever kind of feel like that? I don't know how to kind of tell you this, but, you know, the Lord wants us to go somewhere else, not here. So he goes, praise God. And I was like, what, he doesn't want me here? So it kind of shifted pretty quickly. <laughs> so that taught me a very valuable lesson that, you know, wherever God kind of puts you, he has a reason for it. And so that was the beginning of a lot of things that were going to change in my wife and I's lives. And Mike was able to witness that. Because when we came here, we really didn't know many people. And he opened up his home on a July 4th picnic, and we went and hung out. And, you know, I was an accountant. My wife was working for Colgate. And that was about it. Not interesting at all. Because at that time, we had what we called our lives. Now, all of us have our lives. We have things that we want to do, to achieve, to take care of, and to become. Is that right? Because we're taught that we must have ambition, otherwise we're lazy. We're taught we must have some kind of end thing in sight, so we can actually work towards something. Is that right? Yes? So if you really analyze all of that, it's all about what we want. Is that right? Yes. And when we all talk about what we want, we're kind of telling God that whatever your calling is for us, we don't really care because it's what we want. And how many of us really know what we really want and need to make us joyful? We don't. You know, I worked hard to become a CPA. Bless you. <laughs> I worked very hard to become a CPA, and by worldly standards, that's an accomplishment. And to me, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a job. So much of a job that when the paper came that I actually became a CPA and passed this test and studying for years to pass this test, my wife goes, by the way, you got an envelope, it's on the table. So I went and I changed clothes and she goes, well, aren't you going to open it? I go, well, let me get kind of settled. And, you know, I was kind of a little shaky about opening it. But then when I opened it, I just went, eh. And she goes, what's wrong with you? I was like, what do you mean? She goes, you don't seem so excited. And I was like, you know, I worked so hard to get this, and it doesn't mean a lot to me. It just means I don't have to stay up studying all night. That was the kind of the way that I thought. Because at that point in time, I actually compared that to what God had done for me. 
and it really didn't mean anything. And it meant even more or less because when I finished the test, I studied hard. My wife will tell you, I used to come home from work, eat dinner, and stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning. I used to go to Queens College, hang out in an auditorium because I bribed the security guard, so I'd have a, a nice, quiet place to, to study. And sometimes I fell asleep there. So I went, I took the last part of the test, and you know how when you finish quickly, you know that you got it? Well, that was me. So then I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I got this test, I got this test, and I'm ready to get up, and God tells me, sit down. You know, there's pride in being the first one finished, don't you think? So I sat down, and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. And then the Lord's like, turn to this, turn to this, turn to this, turn to this. Now, they tell you the first thing you never do is change answers. Is that right? Because your first choice is always the best one. I changed at least five to eight answers. Not even looking at the book. The Lord was kind of telling me, change this to this, change this to this, change this to this. So I was like, well, okay, I'm going to try this. So I erased all the answers that I needed to do, handed it in, and... I truly know that's how I passed the test. It had nothing to do with me. So what did that really mean? I really didn't accomplish anything. It was God kind of giving me grace to kind of move me into stuff. So what am I trying to tell you today? I'm basically trying to tell you that God has your life worked out all for you. And how many of us, including myself and my family... How many of us let God come in there? Because it's what we want. I was speaking to somebody in my family, and they said, you know, it's so difficult because I have no direction. There's nothing that seems to be happening in my life, and I have no direction. We ever feel that way? Maybe. Especially a younger person. I won't say which one of them, but a younger person. So then I said, that's good. He's like, what do you mean that's good? I said, well, you know, God's word is a lamp upon your feet. How far does a lamp really show you in the dark? It shows you what? Maybe a couple of feet? But we want the end product, don't we? And God doesn't work that way. Now, Scripture says that God has plans for all of us. We've heard that Probably, that's probably the most said scripture. Is that right? What does that really mean? Do we know? Well, to me, it didn't really mean a lot. Because it always talked about, well, God has this, and God has this for me, and God has this for me. But you know what? God must want this for me because I want it. And that's not necessarily true. Now, if God goes through the time of telling us that he has plans for us, then obviously that means that he kind of made you able. Okay? So if God makes you able, then you have everything inside of you already to accomplish everything that he set out for you. Okay? Who has their Bibles? We have them? Okay. Can you look up a scripture for me? Romans eleven twenty nine. 
Hmm? Are we there? Yes? Okay. So when I found this in Scripture, which I really wasn't looking for it, it hit me really hard. It says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What does that mean? So you're telling me that God at the beginning, which Scripture makes it perfectly clear that he knew even the hairs upon her head or he knew us before we were born. Is that right? So he put everything inside us at the beginning. Therefore, he can't take it away. So if he has a perfect plan for all of our lives and it's inside of us already, he can't take it away. So what does that mean? He never withdraws them once when they are given and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So who are his called? It's all of us. Okay? So, I just wanted to kind of share something that, you know, God put everything inside of you and he's waiting for you to really take, take care of it and pull it out. Now I can tell you another thing. I worked hard to become a CPA, but it wasn't my dream. I dreamed of being a ball player. That didn't work. I dreamed to be a musician. I'm tone deaf. That didn't work either. So I became an accountant. Why? Because somebody told me that, you know what? Accounting can never be changed, and you should always be, un you should always be employed so you would have a steady family. That's why I became an accountant. And you know what? That's true. But it's not a lot of joy in it. Now, as Mike said, I, my wife and I wrote a book. Was this a dream of ours? No, it wasn't. This was my dad's lifelong dream. And it happened to me instead of him. So much to the fact I wondered why God gave us a book. And the Lord told me, well, you know, you're walking in whatever it is that I want you to do. So I'm just going to bless you with it. Now, in our travels, we have met a lot of people who have a manuscript, and they all say, God gave it to me, which is great. And they all say, you know what? I can't get it published. Okay? How did my wife and I get this published? Hmm? God did it. How? Do you know? By favor. Did we knock on a door? No. Did we ask for a contract? No. Did they approach us with a contract? Yes. And what did we tell them? No. I said, I'm a numbers guy. I can't write. So then they came back again and said, you know what? People really want to know about you guys, so we want you to really think about writing a book. So we prayed about it, and that's how this book came about. I wrote it, my wife edited it, and that's how it became a book. 
But all during that time of writing, we thought that we, nobody would really have any interest in it. So we kind of put everything very bluntly. So if you want to read some ugly things that people have said, that uh, I was actually on an interview a couple of days ago, the guy was in Singapore, he said, when I read your book, I cried. And then he starts talking about it, and he's crying. Now, it's hard for somebody to interview you when they're crying, don't you think? And just so you know, it was a guy. It wasn't a woman, okay? So the guy was breaking down all the time as he's interviewing me, and he goes, I'm just so touched by this. I've never read anything like this. So God had purpose in this, just like he has purpose in all of you. So you can't tell me that, you know, oh, God doesn't want to use me. God doesn't have, and you know, I've done this, therefore I can't be used. Uh, I've, I've done so many bad things in my life that I can't do anything, or God's not going to forgive me, or this person offended me in church, or la, la, la. I mean, those are all just excuses. All excuses. So I don't really care about my age, because age just means the year I was born. Who would think that at 50 years old I'd get a book published? That kind of means that I'm kind of way past my prime, as they say. But God knows everything that he puts inside of us. And once we start to walk the path, that's when God is able to kind of get a hold of us. Okay? So, it's hot, isn't it? Everybody's all right over there? Okay, don't worry, I'm not going to go wrong for an hour. I could, but I won't, okay? So God just kind of wants to let you know that he's able to kind of bring you along. And it's up to you to really tap into what he has for you, which will be more edifying and more fruitful and more joyful than what you're doing. Like everybody has gifts. It matters how you do it. Like the woman there, she cuts my hair, and you do a very good job, by the way. Okay? So if you want to try to get it, it'll never happen. I'm sticking with her, okay? So she cuts my hair very well. Her husband, he actually came and did some work at my house, and he did a very good job also. Okay? So there are certain people, like this one, she can design like, like crazy here, this one here. Okay? So I could go around and just tell everybody kind of what God can kind of do with them, but... You know, if God gives you something, he enables you. It's not that you are enabled yourself. God enables you to do better than what you could do. Because then if he does that, then he's able to draw people unto him through you, which is really the way that he kind of works. I mean, how do you really question God? You may question it by a, uh, a Super Bowl catch on somebody's helmet that is totally miraculous. It could be a guy who wrote a book for the first time and sold two million copies. It could be anything that when God sends you to look at people or to ask them, there's always, let me tell you this funny story like this. This is how it happened. Like last weekend, we actually had a worship leader who I thought we would never, ever meet in our, ever. And God bless us that we were able to meet her. And, you know, we were kind of chatting. I said, so how did you get from just attending a church to being on stage in front of millions of people and selling so many records? She goes, oh, the person Friday night didn't show up, 
So the person asked me to grab the microphone. And that's how Miriam started. She went there, and the pastor happened to be on the side of the stage at the time that happened. And he said, who is that? And that got her on a road to writing music and a lot of the songs that we all sing in church still after 20 years. So I just want to encourage you that God knows everything about you. And he's got everything inside of you that he put there already. And it's up to us to kind of move along and kind of allow him to kind of tap into it. That way he can really get, you know, a testimony through us, which will guide people to him. Okay, so when I read that scripture and it says that they're irrevocable, that was a pretty strong statement, which basically told me God has enough faith in me that I'm going to make everything that he put in me available to him. And once I learned not to be a control freak, although I still am, but try not to be a full control freak, then God is able to kind of use me and move me into so many things. And not that it could be comfortable. I mean, how would you like to tell this guy, I'm sorry, this isn't where God has me. <laughs> so, um, any questions? Any questions about anything? What was that? <laughs> so, um, okay. So I just want to let you know how important you are to God. Because sometimes we feel we're not. Sometimes we do things that kind of keep us from God that we think, but it doesn't. You know, sometimes we got to realize that, you know what? God is looking at us all the time. So if you go in your little room and shut your door, God is still looking at you. If you go around just acting a certain way, God knows. He knows everything. But once he's able to kind of move you out of that stuff or help you because we all fall short, is that right? Once he's able to kind of get a hold of that and you're really trying, then God is able to kind of lift you up, and then that's when life gets fun and changes. Okay? So everybody needs to realize that you know, you ever heard that phrase, God loves you? Well, if he took the time in the morning, actually, when he took the time to make, it, make you and put everything inside of you, then obviously he does care for you and love you. Because if you think about it, some things come very natural with your gifts. Like mine, I can look at numbers and I know exactly how they're supposed to be. He can hear music. She can cut. He can, he can fix anything, I tell you. <laughs> And she can design anything. It's just kind of like, you know, it's on and on. You should see the way people behave after her, believe me. So <laughs> Especially dogs, let me tell you. So, you know, those are all gifts that we have, and they all come naturally. The point is, is to find the one that God put in you. Okay? Okay, so uh, I want to start praying for people. Now, there's two ways I could do it. I could call you out, which makes people kind of uncomfortable. Or you could come up to the front and I could pray for you. Okay, so I think coming up front will probably be better, don't you think? So, oh, you're here already, huh? <laughs> okay, so you can line up after him and uh, I'll pray for you and then 
will go till whenever. But I want you to remember that, um, you know, God really cares for you and he wants to make you a success, okay? For those of you who are wondering, who may not really know who UB is, his book is Tales of a Wandering Prophet. In the Bible, there's two kinds of prophets. There is the gift of prophecy, which is for all of us in the Holy Spirit, that we all can have a prophetic word as we move in the Holy Spirit. But then there's the office of prophet, where just like Samuel and Nathan in the Old Testament, they were prophets. Hubie has been traveling all over the world because he has got the gift to be a prophet. He has the office of prophet. He's been on Daystar, on the Joni Lamb show. He has been on several other television shows. He's been with Jim Baker on their programs. So he has the gift to give you a prophetic word from God. And for those that don't know, three, four years before my wife and I even met, he prophesied to me exactly how we were going to be met. And throughout those three or four years, every now and then, the Lord would give him a word of encouragement for me when I would get to a place of discouragement, even though he didn't know I was there. So his gift is from God. And as he's praying, he's giving, speaking into you words from the Lord. Sometimes you may want to record what the Holy Spirit speaks to you through Hubie, so it is okay for you to bring your cell phone and just record what he says. Um, my wife and I have done that before as well, so you can remember what he says and review it.
For those of you interested in Hubie's book, we're going to have a table in the back. And he'll be there shortly so he can just be patient a little bit as he just ministers to the body.